Welcome to another episode of 40 Yard Dash. I'm here with my co-host Mikhailu. I'm MJ Nelson. And today's for the uh, for today's episode, we have various topics. We're gonna talk about injuries. We're gonna talk a little bit about the NFC West, which leads into the game of the week. We're gonna talk about Billy Donovan to the Bulls. We're gonna talk a little bit about the Nuggets and the Lakers game, and we're gonna wrap it up with the Heat and their future. All right, so pretty much, you know, I'm going to jump right into it, I guess, you know, talk about these injuries. It was a very, very bad week as far as, you know, just watching the game of football, you know. I, uh, like I said, I'm a big Rams fan, so I, I watched that, you know, we had a few injuries of our own, you know, Cam Akers, he he had an injury to, I think, his rib cage, and then, you know, our other running back, um, Brown, Malcolm Brown, he got hurt a little bit too. So I think he'll be back this week. But outside of that game, we had a lot of games with a lot of star players that went down. Just some notable people. You had Saquon Barkley, he uh, towards ACL. We have Von Miller, you know, he's out for the season. Nick Bosa, Derwin, a lot of big name players are out. And it's crazy to see. There's a lot of conspiracies out there on why that could be. I'm hearing there's a turf versus grass argument. A lot of the ACL injuries are happening on turf. Um, with it being artificial, it, it doesn't give like how grass gives. I think that's subjective, but, you know, that's what I'm hearing. And it's to the point where I think, you know, NFL maybe needs to do something to make the game safer for the players because this is sad to see. There's a lot of star players going down, and it's going to be a rough season if this is what we can expect for the rest of the games. I mean, I kind of think that's a sorry-ass excuse because these players have been playing on turf for years now. Turf has been a thing in the league probably since, what, 2000s, it's been guys. around for a while, so yeah. maybe we can attribute the injuries more so to the lack of conditioning. Nah, that's the, definitely what the I think preseason. it is. Um, I'm seeing a lot of athletes mention the turf thing, so I, you know I, I didn't really play collegiately or, or on the professional level on turf, so mm-hmm. I can't argue that. But that's just what we're hearing. But yeah, I think you know we can argue more so of the pre not having a preseason. Those things. It's just sad to see because it's a lot of guys here, a lot of big name guys that we had high hopes for. And, you know, the team's going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to get the next person in line to kind of step up and fill that role. So I'm sure they got guys ready. I just really hope, you know, we can do the NFL, the league can do a better job of of controlling these injuries. I don't know if you can control them. No, you you can't. But I mean, it's really nothing you can do. Um, I really think it's just a conditioning error. Like, I want to say error, but a conditioning issue. Because, I mean, normally they can warm their bodies up into the season. So you go... OTAs, mini camp, training camp, and then you go straight into preseason. They do a quarter, then they do a half, then they do the first half, and then a little bit or the first drive or the third quarter. Then they go into the full game. But this it went from training camp right into full games, and it's right. full contact. Yeah, the and lack you know, of contact. You yeah. know, people really weren't. I think. I think they went shells, or you know, I, I think they went half speed a lot of mm-hmm. a, a lot of the camp. So it's a lot of quarterbacks, it's a lot of running backs that are just now getting hit for the first time this right. year. So right. you know, uh, and, you know, not even the hit injuries, a lot of just open field injuries. You know, yeah. ACL tears. So you know, and, yeah. and leaning into that, I know we said that the NFL can't really control some of these, but. Tyrod actually got injured by the team doctor. And yeah. I know you have some information on that that you know you can explain it to people. Yeah, so uh, basically what happened with Tyrod Taylor, we last week we mentioned that we thought the Chargers were going to move into the direction of Justin Herbert anyway, but it came a little sooner than we expected doing to Tyrod getting injured. He actually got his lung punctured as the team doctor was administering a 
painkiller into his chest, basically, and it's it punctures crazy. his lung. Right before game time. Can you imagine you trying to lead your team to a victory or you dealing with a little pain in your rib cage and you know, all of a sudden before you go into the field, you puncture your lung. Like yeah. that is a crazy scenario. And then Justin Hubert had to step up at the last he literally got word minutes before the game he is the starting quarterback. Yeah. That is insane. I'm not gonna lie, he was very impressive. Definitely. I knew at some point even not regarding the injury, I knew at some point he may take over. You know, he didn't come out with the win, but he he fought to the last second. He looked really poised in the pocket. He made yeah. some big time passes. So um, that's the bright part about that. But it's very 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 concerning um, having a team doctor, you know, take out your starting quarterback. So I mean, like looking at it, I know it's very unfortunate for that to happen to Tyrod. But if you look at it. I think that kind of it kind of like shows the direction that the Chargers are probably going to go in. I know that they said that Tyrod is still the starter, but That's I wild. mean, I mean, looking at his stats, like I had to pull up his stats. He was twenty-two for thirty-three in his first game. Mm-hmm. No, no mental preparation. Just went in. He he passed for a three hundred eleven yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yep. And he had a ninety-four point four. Uh, rating. That's not bad. Very, very first game in the league as yeah. a rookie, you know. And, and, and not... against the Super Bowl champs at that. Yes, yeah, exactly. So that's not bad given that they're playing the Chiefs and, you know, the, it was kind of a given that the Chiefs maybe were going to blow them out. But they put up a very, very good fight. I like the way the defense played as well. So yeah. Chargers might have something going there, you know. I, I hope they figure out, you know, the situation with Tyrod and get him healthy. But yeah. um I don't even know how you make that mistake as a team doctor. So, And I heard the thing is he can't even really sue because with the NFLPA, the agreements they sign with the team doctors, it's really, you know, as far as the documents and things like that, that you, you can't really do anything about it. It's just unfortunate that that happened. That's sorry. You man. know, so, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, Tyrod gets healthy soon. But, yeah, that's very, very unfortunate to hear about his injuries. But we kind of wanted to talk to you also about, you know, what we've noticed this week as far as the dominance in the NFC West. That's something I'm really happy to see because my team's in the NFC West, and I think it proves that it really is the hardest division in football. You have three teams that are 2-0 right now. You have Kyler Murray who is leading the the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Him and uh, Hopkins have developed a lot of great chemistry. I think Hopkins has 22 catches on the year so far in two games. That is insane. So they look really good. Also the Rams, um, Higby, Goff, they connected for three touchdowns last week. So a lot of dominance. You had Fuller step up as the safety. He made a lot of big-time stops. You got Kaiser, who was actually the NFC, NFC Defensive Player of the Week, I think he led the team with eight solo tackles. So really happy for me to see. And then, of course, you have the Seahawks. They look the most dominant at any team. Yeah. You ask me, I have them number one as far as, you know, the team to beat this year. And that might be yeah. bold, but they I mean, all the way around, they just look sharp. I don't think it was a bold claim. I think that, to be honest, I think a lot of these power rankings are bullshit, uh, especially from the experts. Yeah. They kind of put, like, teams that were already from, – from last year, they put them – at the top, then they have weaker games. Like, having the Chiefs number one, to me, is not crazy. But, I mean, this week they played the Chargers and the Seahawks played the Patriots. The Patriots. So, I mean, even though both were close games, you really can tell there's a difference in skill gap. You know what I mean? Like, when you're going right. up against a Hall of Fame coach, 
with an MVP caliber quarterback. A lot of people forget that. You know? Cam, you can't take him lightly. A lot of people say he's washed up. I mean, due to injuries in the past, yeah. he's not that same player, but he is still an MVP you know, player. So, Definitely. you know, he, he is very dangerous on, in all aspects. So, And speaking of that, you know, game of the week, that was a great game. You know, it came Excellent down game. to the very, very last play. Cam put the team on his back. He 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 did what he could on his feet. He did what he could through the air. I don't think anybody saw Cam pass like this for a very very long time. I don't think he's had the weapons. Very true. To I mean I wouldn't say weapons because I don't think the Patriots have like a well, bunch of weapons. Let's to, look you know at I mean? Carolina. I mean, he's never had a number one receiver to that's true. That was like Elderman. Well, okay, wait. I, I disagree because I feel like Smith, Steve Smith was and he that. was kind of washed. He, he was he, old. I yes. give you that. Yeah. But I mean, it was post prime Steve Smith, so he he has had. So a maybe that's one. the closest or the only player in regards you could say Cam has played with as far as a weapon he's had on offense. True. But outside of that, um, yeah. you know, outside, Kelvin never lived up to his potential. Right. As well as um, well, who else was it? Was it was it Funches? Funches, well, I would say DJ Moore was more was a better receiver last year than Funches. Agreed. Funches was very inconsistent, but nonetheless, I think he he's in a better position right now. I mean, to be honest, outside of Elderman, you have Henry, you have a few other guys who can catch the ball, but right. I mean, he gave Elderman his most ever receiving yards in the game, so that goes to show you know the type of mind you know type of connection they have. Yeah, and I uh, think that's the the like with them being with Cam being new into the system. I feel like when you're in your first year in a system, you get a security blanket. You mm-hmm. see that, like, just for instance, you see it with Tom Brady and is relying on Mike Evans a oh, lot yes, right now. Right now. You know, not just not posting the Patriots. He did rely on Gronk, but, I mean, hell, I would throw it to Gronk, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, um, it's like, okay. You got another, a 6'6", 250-pound tight end. With the Saints game, you've seen Derek Carr relying on Darren Waller. Yes. So, I mean, it's logical when you're in a new system and you're early in the year, you're going to find your guy. They have that chemistry, exactly. And that's, that's his guy. And, I mean, like, with, with Russ, his guy has been really DK Metcalf. It has. I think, so speaking about that, I think Russ right now, he's probably the happiest he's been. Oh, you yeah. Have DJ Metcalf, who's emerging as a second-year player. Oh, yeah. Who had a really strong rookie season, but right now he is really, really good as far as, you know, um, what we're seeing him do right now in the league. And also you got Doug Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, excuse me, excuse me, Tyler Lockett, not Doug Baldwin. Is Doug Baldwin, Doug Baldwin still? I don't remember where he went. I okay. don't think he's on the Seahawks anymore. Got you. I confuse those two for some reason. I don't know. But, yeah, you yeah, have he, him. he was there. And he, he was there. He was there. He was there. He was his number one guy. He added Greg Olson, which he didn't have a strong performance, but that's just another threat that he's going to have in, in, you know, in the red zone. Um, and that's on top of the other tight end they already had. So, and then Chris Carson, he's underrated. I, I feel like as a catch, uh, a, a receiving running back. So, mm-hmm. a lot of weapons there for Russ. So, yeah, yeah, NFC looks very strong. You know, you got three two and O teams. We'll see how that carries. To be honest with you, I, I think the NFC West is who we thought the NFC South was going to be this year because we had a lot of high hopes for the Buccaneers, and like we said, uh, they'll figure it out. But as far as what we've assessed so far. I mean, to me, I don't, I don't necessarily put too much stock in the NFC South. Even though my team is in in that division, I see normally we're light years ahead of the rest of our division, and that's been consistent for the last few years. 
Um, like and, and then just to touch on just this last game that we had on Monday night. Oh, uh, we always lose one of the first two or both of the first two games. It's, it's been a consistent thing. It's, it's mentally them getting locked into the season. Now, I do feel as though that game was a winnable game, but I feel like the loss of Michael Thomas last week or week before last was evident last week. Mm-hmm. Because when you have to move guys and personnel, I mean, move personnel around, it throws the office off a little bit. Not saying that these guys aren't talented enough to do anything. You but have to adjust. You have to adjust. And when Michael Thomas is normally the number one receiver, now you move Traquan Smith to number one, and then Emmanuel Sanders is what number two. And he really didn't have a strong showing. He, he had yeah. a horrible game. Like he dropped a couple passes. He only caught one pass, maybe two. I think it was only one. But it, it was a rough game for them. I feel like the defense really lost them that game uh, due to the fact that they couldn't get off the field. And a lot of people want to say that Drew is just old and washed. I mean, he looked that way last year. So I don't think that's an excuse. Like, he looked that way in the postseason or mm-hmm. going into the postseason, but they still got wins. Right. He's older now, and he had a terrible shoulder injury in, like, 2006, 2007, like, 2008, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. He had a terrible shoulder injury, so I mean that's going to catch up with you when you get older. Right. But as long as he's completing passes and is doing his job, I think he'll be fine. There's personnel there to mix up the quarterback situation to keep True. the teams on their toes. To be honest with you, I think that as long as he can put them in a position to win the end of the game, that's the biggest concern. That's the most important thing. Right. Um. I already kind of told you about this as I was watching the game. I, I, I did say his his passes looked a little flat. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks this week. I actually was surprised that I did see that. So, I mean, as long as he can put them in a position to win a game at the end of the game, that's the, that's the only thing you can ask of him. Yeah. Obviously, he's at the latter of his career, so he doesn't have that arm strength. But like you said, you have guys that can kind of take some of that, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can run and get creative. Like, Sean Payton will get creative. You will see – Taysom Hill throwing the deep Do ball. Do you think we'll see Winston in at all at any point? And I mean, I think it depends on how bad of a decline Drew has. So if I Drew, can't see them playing him. I feel like if they play him, it's going to be because Drew can't play. That's what I'm saying. I, I yeah. feel like if Drew declines so poorly where he can't roll past maybe accurate 30-yard passes, then I can see a situation there. But I really think that he's here to really learn under Drew right now due to the fact that a lot of his game was terrible because he was indecisive. I did see indecisive moments from Drew, but I feel as though that's just him being uncomfortable with the offense. You've had Mike Thomas the last four years. That's been your go-to. You can get the ball off quick, and you know he's going to catch it seven times out of ten. Now, this is a little bit, I guess, off topic. I guess it's still on topic, but do you realize – the situation in Philly right now, I think Carson Wentz has a lot of pressure, and I think he is underperforming a lot. He's now, we're, we're talking about a quarterback change. I can see Jalen Hurts coming in and getting a lot of reps in the next few games. He's already kind of used. They had him on the field a little bit for some wildcat and a mm-hmm. few things, and it kind of threw the Rams' defense off as I was watching because they had to adjust and say, okay, mm-hmm. he's on the field something's going to happen or the ball, he might be touching the ball somehow. So kind of using him as a diversion right now. Right. But Wentz is not playing good at all. He was off target a lot. 
Um, I, I don't see him making the necessary adjustments. He, he threw a few interceptions. Yeah. I can see Philadelphia kind of going in a role where they're going to get Jalen Hurts in the game somehow. I can see Jalen Hurts exceeding and eventually taking that spot. I'm, I'm going to make that prediction right now. I think I can see Jalen Hurts taking Carson Wentz's spot sometime this year. If it's not due to injury, it's going to be due to performance. I mean, I definitely agree. I feel like for the last few years, I feel like Carson has underperformed. I feel like he's underperformed consistently since his rookie year. And I, I don't think that's a bold claim. Yeah. I think he's been like... He put up he some pretty good numbers, but he's, it, it, it's not consistent. And over the past few years, he just hasn't looked sharp. He hasn't looked like I mean, the person once we, we acknowledge, you know, when he was having those battles with Dak and, you know. But I mean, the injuries are weighing on him. But also, I think he's lost a sense of confidence after Nick Foles won the Super Bowl that year. He got injured when mm-hmm. he was leading the charge. I think that kind of broke his spirit. Yeah. Because he hasn't been the same. I feel like he's too young to really count the the injury bug as his his real thing. He hasn't had any like crazy like shoulder injuries or anything to really warrant a, a how can I put it? A decrease in his arm and increase his accuracy. I mean he's True. I mean he has like had I think they've all been leg injuries if I Yes. Things have been like ACL, MCL, stuff like that. Correct. So, I mean, his mobility, yes, but overall, throwing motion, it should not be... No. Like, throwing and decision-making should not have been affected with the injuries he's had. Correct. The injuries he's had would affect him more if he was a Lamar or a Kyler style of... Yeah, that's not a style you know, of play anymore. He's yeah. more of a pocket passer. His legs has always helped him and, and made him a better player, for sure. Agreed. Um, yeah, I think he's had a lot of rushing touchdowns the years. He was healthy, but... Yeah, as of right now, he's not looking like he is ready to lead this team to some victory. So I can definitely see Jalen Hurts taking over his spot at some point this year. Again, that's kind of a bold statement, but just my assessment from what I've seen thus far. But I can that, see it as well. Definitely. So that kind of wraps up about the NFL, you know. So uh, we're going to get into basketball content. Yeah, before guys. we hop into basketball, you know, we love, everybody loves to have these conversations way too early. So for your way too early MVP. Mm hmm. Other league, who do you have? I think we can both agree it's gonna be Russell Wilson. I agree. He just he he just looks so sharp. Like yeah. it, I don't know how to articulate it, but he's he's just perfect. He, he's the closest quarterback to perfect there is. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is putting on the show as well, but I, I like you can't argue with nine touchdowns in two weeks. Right, it's insane. So uh, he has good chemistry with all his receivers. Um, the defense is playing good enough to to keep him off the field to give him breathers the team total I think the team is is kind of you know one of the teams leading to win the Super Bowl but the production that he's been putting up thus far um, he's a seasoned quarterback I think it's going to lead until the preseason and he's going to put up some astronomical numbers this year so yeah and I think that addition of Jamal Adams definitely really put them in position to win a Super Bowl so I could potentially see a Chiefs Seahawks Super Bowl for sure if they jail stay healthy and Russ keeps up his play. For sure, for sure. I can definitely see that. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I think that, that, that kind of wraps up all the notable stuff from the league. Definitely. Thus far, this, you know, week two. So we're definitely going to fill you in week three on what we see, you know, from this past weekend. We have Thursday night football coming up. So yep. we'll definitely be watching that as well. But we're kind of getting into basketball right now. All right, in NBA news, we're going to start off talking about Billy Donovan. So... As you know, and everybody knows, that Billy Donovan just got dropped from the Thunder about a week ago, and he's already been picked up by the Chicago Bulls. And it seems as though Zach Levine is happy about it. 
me personally, I don't know what to expect from this. I mean, it's in the East. Uh, I mean, the team literally has Zach Levine, Lori Markkinen, and then after that, it's kind of eh, suspect. I don't know what most people expect from Kobe White, but I mean, in order to make them a championship contender to compete with the Celtics and the Heat and the Pacers and the, the Bucks. It's going to require more than what they have. So I don't know what he's going to do to shake it up. But I do feel as though this team that he has is going to be the team that he can prove how good of a coach he is. To be honest, that's how I see it. I have a different perspective. I'm going to go in a different direction with it. I like it because you have a lot of young, promising rookies. You have Zach Levine. True. He is a cold two guard. He is... He has Devin Booker-like moments. He has Devin Booker-like moments. He can score. He he can take over games. He is not Devin Booker, but he he's had similar moments of him yeah. dropping 50 points. Um, I think with a proven coach and with a supporting cast, that team can be dangerous. Now, the reason why I like it is because we saw what he did in OKC. Yeah. OKC was written off last year. Yeah. Everybody saw the Chris Paul trade. They assumed he was going to demand the trade. They assume the pieces didn't fit. I think a lot of people wrote OKC off, and he got they, we got proven wrong. They made it to the playoffs. They played really well with the team that they had. So I think he's a coach that can do more with less. So I say that to say we don't have a lot of notable people on the Bulls. Yeah. But like you said, I think he can prove – I, I think he proved last year – of his coaching abilities, because nobody expected that to, you know, get as far, OKC to get as far as they did. So th- he kind of proved himself there, but I think with this team, he can really prove himself. You don't have a Chris Paul, you don't have those guys, yeah. but, you know, I think Kobe White can definitely play the point guard position. Um, I would like Dunn off the bench. Mm-hmm. I prefer Dunn off the bench. I like Kobe White starting at point guard. Kobe White can score and he, he can give you assists and other things. I like Levine at the two. You got marketing. Team's not horrible. I feel like they're a similar team, not talent-wise, but as far as the young talent on the team, kind of like how the Pelicans are in the West. It's a lot of really young guys on the roster. There's really talented guys, you know, so I think, you know, they can't go anywhere but up as far as developing those young players and acquiring some pieces around them to to hopefully make a push in the next few years. I mean, I can see it because the back end of the, the East is wide open. I mean, it's it's you got the Pacers is probably the last solidified spot. After that, what you got, uh, I mean, the Nets are going to move up, obviously. So it's going to shift the around. Wizards, you the have, Wizards are going to. They're similar they'll be, team. Yeah. They'll be, you know, we'll see what they do. Then you have the Hawks that. They Trae should Young, potentially put John something Collins, together. That's it. If they can, you know, yeah. Uh, so I mean, you have the same team several times in the bottom half of the East. I mean, to me, I can I can see it working, but to me, you need a veteran point guard to make it work. Now, if they can kind of somehow finesse and try to get Chris Paul there, then I can no, see. I don't it. see Chris Paul going there at this I point don't in his see career, either, but I see but what you mean. You know what I'm saying? I I, yeah. I need something there. I need a winner there. Yeah. You you can't have a team full of losers. No offense, but just team of yeah. people that are consistently losing. Like Zach Levine has never won. Right. Because when he was on what the Timberwolves, they never won. Exactly. The Bulls, they never won. Like this team is young. It's similar to what Phoenix and the Pelicans and everybody else. These all these young teams 
they need someone to teach them how to win and very get true. them over the hump. Billy Donovan, Donovan can very well be that guy, so we'll definitely see. Now, if I'm a Bulls fan, I'm happy. I'll be happy because well. you know, hey, you're already at the bottom. It's looking promising. You got your, co- hopefully, you got your guys to coach. Right. You know, if he has a good rapport with the team, I, obviously there was issues with Levine and you know previous coach. So yeah, and Levine's obviously happy about this. So. I think the rapport will be built. I think they'll start to build. And, you know, like I said, in the next few years, maybe they can be a playoff contender. But like you said, they're going to have to put the pieces together yeah. for that to happen. I mean, they'll, they'll need more than what they have. I'm not saying that these players aren't good. You can't be trash and be in the NBA. Like, you have to be nice or something. But, I mean, this team is low ego. Like, no one has a, a large ego that's overshadowing their talent. Everybody's okay with playing their role. I just need somebody to facilitate that offense. So they need like a Ricky Rubio. They they need somebody to pass. I don't think Kobe White is that guy. Now, let me ask you this. We almost forgot about this, but they do have Otto Porter. He's been a little quiet last season because he's had injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. How do you think Otto Porter works into the 2021 season with the Bulls? I mean, he's very inconsistent. In the first place, like, he was very inconsistent on the Wizards. He was supposed to be that third option. In some games, he disappeared, and he didn't play up to par. Um, even when John Wall was hurting, it was him and Bradley. He was a very inconsistent number two. So, I mean, I'm not going to say write him off and say he's going to be horrible because this right now, actually, this is the same situation as him being in Washington, D.C. It is. It's low pressure. So, I mean, he doesn't have any pressure to perform because no one expects anything of him. So, I mean, it really depends on what Billy Donovan can do to boost that morale in the team and boost their confidence. I think a lot of their issues are confidence because they're playing in the East. You're playing against uh, subpar talent for about half of your season. You know, I'm not saying that, like, the East is 100% trash. I mean, you do have to play the Celtics. You have to play the Bucks. You have to play the Heat. And then also, we don't know what's going to happen with Giannis. So, I mean, it, it really depends on what shifts we see in the offseason. I agree. If you're not playing the Heat, Celtics, Bucks, or Nets, it's a winnable game. It's a winnable it's, game. It's a winnable game. You, and maybe the Pacers. I'll give you the Pacers. Yep. The Pacers, I think the, decision, the, the difference maker in the Pacers is going to be if Malcolm... Uh, Brogdon shows consistency yeah. if if there's a healthy Oladipo. Oladipo. Yep. Yep. And then also, uh, depending upon what, what T.J. Warren you're getting. Yeah, because so, we saw way different T.J. Warren in the bubble than we saw for the regular season. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. So you also got to see what type of players make this turn. Because honestly speaking, at this point, we don't know what the NBA season is going to look like next year. So... Looking at this, we don't know if this bubble is going to roll into next season and how other players are performing the bubble. So we'll see. But speaking of bubble performances, yesterday, because we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, September 23rd, yesterday, the Lakers end up losing to the Nuggets. And they went on a crazy run. What did you see was the difference maker for the Nuggets? For the Nuggets, it definitely had to be the bench. This is something I think I may be missing on the previous pod, or maybe I think I had this conversation with you. But like I said, I I think I I maybe was speaking a little bit too highly. I said the Lakers would sweep them. Um, and I was just confident. I, this is me after watching the AD buzzer beater, you know, on top of the world. So, you know, but I, I did say the only time the Nuggets would win if their bench shows up 
and they definitely did yesterday. You had an awesome performance from from Jeremy Grant. You mm-hmm. had uh, consistency from Porter. You you had a lot of guys. I, I think uh, Morris stepped up, provided a lot of production on the offense, and then you know you had Jamal Murray just closed the game out. You know Jokic yeah. had a great performance as well. But the difference maker definitely was the bench. They 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 put up those points to keep them in the game throughout the whole game. Um, I think they led by 10 going into halftime. Now, the Lakers had an awesome, resilient comeback. I think they led the third quarter going on a 10-2 run, closed mm-hmm. that down from, from uh, I think, a 20-point lead down to an uh, eight-point game. They battled back and forth. The Nuggets went back, and then, you know, you had Rondo make a lot of great defensive stops. He had about three consecutive turnovers. He, he had uh, Jamal Murray in. You know, he had him in hell for a little bit. He, he didn't let him do anything. But ultimately, Jamal Murray closed that game out for the Nuggets. And, you know, if they keep that up, they, they can definitely take they can take game four. I think, you know, me and, and Malcolm were talking. He said it might go six games. I'm, if, if they get that performance from the bench again, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I, like I said, I definitely see it going about six. Uh, I don't want to say six minimum. I mean, it could go five. But if I was the Lakers... I would be proud of myself because it took a third stoop, a, st- a third like player having a superstar like performance. Yeah, like it took uh, Grant to score over twenty, you know, for them mm-hmm. to win. So I know he's not going to do that every game. No. So if I can just still contain Jamal and contain uh, Joker, and like to just keep them in there, like. Lower averages, not let them go off. Like, don't let Jamal have point games. It wasn't so much of the Nuggets winning the game. I think the Lakers lost the game. When you look at AD's performance, AD had oh they were no rebounds, right? He had one, one, maybe two. And he got that close to the end of the game. I think game. the centers combined had four rebounds. LeBron out rebounded, which is all ridiculous. Of the yeah, so yeah, they I were think soft on the boards. They were gassed they at the end of the game. They were, and you, you seen AD was walking. Down the court within he, the yeah. last three minutes. If Brian had the ball, he was looking for, you know, the screen. Yeah. And he could barely get up and make the screen. Yeah. So, it definitely, you know, it, it wasn't a good game for their condition. And it wasn't a good game on them on the board. So, I think Lakers are going to make those necessary adjustments so they're not in that position again. But it, it, it's between the Lakers rebounding and the Nuggets bench as far as the difference in how that game's going to go. So Yep. But I know I got to take this time to brag on my boy Rondo again. I feel as though Rondo was definitely the key to that run. Oh, and yeah. Then, the intensity that yeah. he had on the defensive end to make those stops and make the passes he made, um, I give a lot of credit to that run to, to, yeah. to Rondo. So. And I, that's one thing that I like. If the Lakers do pull this series out, I think that's the separating factor is having a player that has done it before and him being a champion and also being in positions to win a championship consistently with his run or with the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, that intensity transfers, you can't just automatically like pull that up. That's something you have to have in you. Oh yeah. And the Lakers have it with LeBron, with Rondo, and, you know, I mean, JaVale McGee's has a championship, but I don't, uh, like, put too much stock into that because he really didn't play a major role. He was great at rebounding, but he wasn't the guy. No. Rondo and Bron were the guys. And you know who else picked up the level of play? I have to give credit. Carl Pope. He's he did. been consistent. He's been I think, balling. 
I think he's been somewhere in the 13, 15 point range. And that's all I can ask. Yeah. Now, the person who I'm going to have to ask to, to step up is, is Kuzma. He was very disappointed. I mean. At the game. He was very disappointed. Not that we're expecting a, a, <laughs> a huge, you know, he's what a third, fourth year player. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, we're, we're a little upset. Well, I'm upset. You know, I, I definitely expected him to be more so that third option this year. And he, he's walked that line sometimes, but he clearly is not the third option. So no. if he can provide some consistency on, you know, offensive end of boards, this is going to be an easy championship. So. I would definitely – I'm more disappointed in Danny Green than I am in Kuzma. Kuzma's never been here before. Danny Green is a I two-time champion. Yeah. And for him to score four points, yeah, I mean, that's disappointing to me because you won a championship with the Spurs. You've played in three finals. You played in two with the Spurs. You lost one. You've won the other one. Then, and you had a crucial role in knocking down shots to win that 2014 chip. Then you went with Kawhi last year, and you guys won a chip when everybody wrote you off. Granted, it was it was injuries involved. But, I mean, for you to have the championship pedigree and have been down this road, there is no reason you should be putting up four points. Yes. That's, that's something I expect for Kuzma. Danny Green is just doing cardio at this point he's yeah. just on the floor running around I, I like his I like his defense as a wing he can guard a lot of wings but yeah. outside of that we we got him on the Lakers for the offensive production for the three three point shooting three ability and, and his playoff experience he you know we've seen consistency in the past but yeah. this this Danny Green we're seeing right now is very upsetting so I, I hope he can get it together by the time of the finals but yeah. to be honest you know I kind of wrote him off myself so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping Rest of the guys can pick up the production on the offensive end of the boards. I mean, in the Lakers formula, he was supposed to be Trevor Ariza for oh, yeah. the last, like the like when Kobe had Trevor Ariza for their last championship run. Mm-hmm. This is the role he's supposed to play. I, I need you to hit threes. And I need you to play defense. That's literally all I ask of you. You don't have to play make. You don't have to do any of that. We got LeBron and Rondo for that. You're just here to lock up guards and two guards that LeBron can't. That's right. literally what he's there to do. Because when uh, he was chasing around Damian Lillard, Bron mm-hmm. can't do that. No. He's too old for that. So, Rondo, well, Rondo was there. But Rondo was supposed to be doing that. Mm-hmm. But they, they let Caruso eat and do that. And Danny Green do that. In this series, you're literally the guy that needs to be chasing around Jamal Murray while Rondo's on the bench and Caruso, uh, Caruso's on the bench. I agree. You're that guy. Right. But if you're only doing 50% of your job... You got to step it up. At least at least you can hit two threes a game. You're open for most of them. Exactly. You know? And I don't know if it's the moment. I don't know if it's because he's on the L.A. Lakers. There may be a lot of things going on, you know. I hate to be that guy that criticizes these athletes because, you know, there's a lot of pressure right now. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. he's not doing what he was, you know, uh, signed up to do he, he's not do, he, he's not the reason why the Lakers you know he's not playing to expectations yeah. so uh, we, I mean we definitely have to hold him accountable for that and you know I hope he can figure it out if not next guy up has to figure it out because that production yeah definitely I think they'll figure it out though for sure I think they'll figure it out we'll see the energy they bring tomorrow for game four uh, we'll definitely update you guys next week we may be looking at a uh, a completed series by then we may be looking at <laughs> Going into a game six or seven. But for the last topic of the day, we're going to talk about the, uh, the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're at halftime for the Heat versus Celtics game, and the Heat are winning 50-44. Now, from what you've seen from the Heat 
this year. Do you feel it as though they have a bright future? If so, what moves do you plan that they uh, see that they will make? Of course, yeah. They are in the best position you can be in in a team that's a team in the Eastern Conference playoffs for the moment and for the future. I mean, right now, you know, it doesn't get any better. Right, They're up two games on the Celtics. Or I'm sorry, two to one. It's two one. It's game two four. One. So, you know, they're, they're leading the series right now. Um, they're getting production from everybody who's touched the floor. Um, yep. Rather it be from England Dawa, he might not have a, you know, actual... Production you can see on the stat line, but he's affecting the game, defense, things like that. Championship mindset. Exactly. Uh, like you mentioned before with some of those Warriors players. So him, you got Jay Crowder who's producing. You have Tyler Hero, great rookie that's producing. Yep. That's the biggest shocker to me. Tyler Hero, he, yeah. man. Balling. He just has that confidence that you don't get out of rookies. I, I haven't seen a rookie this confident in the playoffs I don't, since Jason Tatum went in. When Jason Tatum Honestly, was playing, I might the, argue the you Cavs. with Melo. Yeah, Melo. Uh, was that the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, was that yeah. that was was that your one? When he when he was in Denver. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that might have been AI. Been. I don't know if that was year one. No. but he was he was confident that he, year. Well, he was confident year one because arguably he should have won Rookie of the Year over Bron is what most people argue. Yes, no. So yeah, I mean, with that type of confidence, I, I mean, it's rare, like. You you have people that are. I mean, John Moran is a killer like that as well. He is, but um, but in these moments in the playoffs or the games in the lies, a, a lot of people fold. There's a lot yeah. of veterans that fold. There's a lot of. Oh yeah, he is making these shots. Uh, he's being trusted by the coach, by Jimmy Butler, by everybody in that team, and he's stepping up. So that's the biggest surprise by far is his level of play. Now the only weird thing is Kendrick Nunn. We were talking about this earlier, Kendrick yeah. Nunn. He came in third place as far as rookie of the year voting. He mm-hmm. had a phenomenal regular season, and he hasn't seen too much time on the floor, you know. So, do you think there's a reason for that, or why he's not playing as much as he was during the regular season? I mean, it it could be anything. It could be overall he's he wasn't producing well in the bubble in the first place, so they probably scratched him for performance. It could have been something he did with the team that got him X. I mean, it's it's really a lot of variables there. I really don't know, but in the future, past this season, I see them putting him more into a leadership role as Drogic fades out. Drogic has been in the league for a while. I don't see him having a 20-plus year career like Bron and Kobe did and right. uh, Vince Carter. I mean... Drogic, he's playing pretty decent for the playoffs well, so though. far. But, yeah, I think as far as when you look at the future of that team, so as of right now... Whatever lineup they're putting on the floor, they're playing well. So I'm not yeah. going to question Eric Spolsta if he doesn't want to play Kendrick Nunn. They're figuring out without him. It's just really weird to see. Um, but like you said, there could be various things regarding that. But as far as looking for next year and the year after, Kendrick Nunn's definitely going to be the starting point guard. You're going to have Tyler Hero, two guard. That's going to be a great one-two punch. Yep. Bam, he's still young. He's going to be on that team. You know, I can see him being the defensive player of the year for the next few years. He oh, looked yeah, awesome this year. You know, Jimmy Butler, you know, he may stick around, try to figure out this championship, but I don't know if he'll be on the team more than a few years. But ultimately, they have a really, really bright future. So that's refreshing to see in the East. It's refreshing to see them playing at this level and them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And a lot of people didn't think that. So I'm excited to see them. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a Heat fan. But you have to love the way that they're playing basketball right now if you're a fan of basketball. So. Yeah, you definitely have to respect it. I feel as though they are 
probably going to be the team to beat within the next few years or over the next few years, especially if they get another player. I mean, they they have everything that you need. They have grit, determination. Eric Spoelstra has done a great job with them. Yep. And going into the future, I think they will be the cornerstone of the East right behind the Nets. Yeah. But the Nets will be interesting to see next year. Um I'm trying to imagine, you know, what trades are they going to make this offseason? I really doubt that they retain everybody. No. You know, I, I think Kyrie and KD are definitely trying to figure out what pieces they want to work with um, next season. So I can see them retaining Jared Allen. I can see them yep. retaining Levert, maybe. At the I probably think the that's, third a, that's a trading piece. I, I think, think they'll keep uh, probably Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Yeah, I think they'll keep Dim Witty because he's not as... He's a guard. I don't... Would you have him coming off the bench? Probably come off the bench. Okay. Uh, I mean, Levert is... You can get some value off for him. So, I don't see a reason to keep him when you have both of your superstars back. Very true. Because uh, he handled the ball a lot. And yeah. he won't when both of them are on the floor. So, right. that would make sense. I think you... I, I would keep Joe Harris just because he's yeah. a good role player. He's a good spot-up shooter honestly, when you need a three. They might actually get rid of Dinwiddie as well, like for depth. Yeah. he can be a good trade trading piece as well because he played well before Kyrie got there. Very true. With uh, D'Angelo Russell. So, I mean, I mean w- w- that stuff we would just have to see. I think that they'll put it together well. I am eager to see what style of play does Steve Nash go with. Will he implement the Mike D'Antoni uh, style of play or will he – Kind of just do his own thing. And you can do that when you have Kevin Durant on the roster. You can do that oh, yeah. better than the Rockets did because... Because he's seven feet tall. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, that'll be really interesting to see, but... He's just skinny as well. He's just light. So Exactly. I mean, when you're going up against bigger centers, I mean, you will have to play Jared Allen more. So, yeah. like, when you're playing against the... the What's the... the not the Pacers, but the 76ers. When you're oh, yeah. playing against teams like the Nuggets and... Stuff like that, you have to come up with better rotations. Yeah, but I mean, we'll we'll see as as things progress in the off season. We'll see what moves are made. The draft is coming up, so you know we'll definitely have some coverage there. But that's all we have for today's episode. Yep. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like he said, we'll be back with you guys next week on analysis of you know game five or six. We'll see how that you know series works out, and also what we see you know after week three is re, uh, is wrapped up. So we'll touch base on what. The, what's going on there at the NFC West will keep their dominance. If we'll see any other teams emerge, hopefully no more injuries. So it'll be an interesting week of football and basketball, but we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. God bless.